From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the CloverTac Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another CloverTac Podcast powered by Monstrum tactical it is october the 11th 2023 uh and i would say we'll talk about monster and tactical a little later on but uh yeah today that's all we're going to talk about it's going to be pretty awesome i've got chris with uh monster tactical waiting patiently back in the green room and bring him in in a minute talk about the company talk about all the products so uh, as you guys are falling falling in line out there live uh, or you're listening in replay uh, if you're live, make sure to uh, put any questions you've got as we're moving forward into that live chat out there. We're not going to derail the conversation with, you know, off-topic stuff, things that we've already covered. We can circle back around to those, of course. We'll get them answered uh, eventually. Just be patient. Uh, and if you are in the replay world, remember, wherever you're at, there's a comment section down below. So if you've got questions, if you're curious about things, uh, or you just got comments, want to relay your experiences or whatever, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, drop those. Big shout out, as always, and thanks to the YouTube channel members and the Patreon patrons. Uh, we have a lot of fun uh, in both of those arenas with the uh, more loyal, I guess you could say, uh, members of the CloverTech crew. And uh, thanks a lot for that. Thanks to those that super chat and super thanks and shop over at uh, CloverTech.com slash shop. Uh, and then I think finally, about the only thing left to say is that we are proud members of the Firearms Radio Network. So go check out uh, firearmsradio.net and all the cool podcasts and uh, other things going on over there. So let's get uh, let's get Chris in here, man. How are you, dude? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, first podcast. And uh, I just finished watching uh, Amy's uh, podcast from the last one. And well, wow, she has quite a resume. And <laughs> okay, so so you watched the wrong one to follow. Oh, really? <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got to say. Uh-huh. It was bad. It was yeah. bad timing. Uh, every season there is that standout podcast, right? Yeah. There's the one that you're like, OMG. Uh, last week, if you guys out there haven't listened, if you haven't watched, whatever. Uh, with Amy Dillon, uh, was one of those OMG. I mean, uh-huh. could end up being the best podcast of this season. We still got half of the season left or something mm-hmm. like that, but it was pretty salty. It was it pretty was very good. good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that's okay. Um, you know, I think, I think you'll do well. As I said, it's just a conversation. All the folks out there live, I'm sure they'll help, uh, uh, help they'll rip on you a little bit i'm sure for it being your first <laughs> yeah. podcast but uh it won't hurt too much most <laughs> likely um so right at the uh kind of at the start here at the jump i'm going to kind of give you the floor just for a couple of minutes we're obviously going to get into some of the nuances of the hopefully of the company and the products <laughs> and the other things but uh just sort of give an introduction of, of who you are uh, mm-hmm. And then an overall view of Monstrum Tactical. Uh, you know, what does Monstrum Tactical do? Where are they located? How long uh, have you guys been around? That sort of thing. Yeah, sure thing. So basically, uh, I started with the company around six to seven years ago. Uh, basically, worked from the ground, uh, from the bottom up. Uh, these days, basically, I focus on doing a lot of the marketing content, like uh, talking with influencers, coordinating a lot of that stuff. And uh, I also deal with a little bit of the quality assurance aspect. 
Um, Monstrum, basically, as you guys know, it's uh, primarily focused on Amazon, but we are trying to branch out and try to create like a brand that's more than just an Amazon brand. And uh, they started around 12 to 13 years ago. And ever since we've been refining our, uh, like, you know, our process and our quality assurance. And uh, right now, I remember like four to five years ago, I was in a, like, you know, I was touring factories with them in, uh, in the areas of Guangzhou, China. And uh, now it's crazy because like after COVID, like we have our own factories over there so that we could assure that, you know, everything we're doing is proper and that everything is the highest quality we could get, especially when it comes to the glass. You've seen those banshees, right? Like the oh yeah, the glasses are pretty impressive for the money that, you know, oh, yeah. sold Definitely. for, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And we all came from a pretty like a technical background, you know, like, uh, like uh, three of the guys are like engineers and like uh, a lot of us came from business backgrounds and like mm-hmm. we try to make sure that everything is very done at you know, direct to consumer level and not like, you know, the traditional suppliers and stuff like that. Well, I want to, you know, not to, to ambush you here, but I, yeah. I want to address what I think is kind of an elephant in the room. So, you know, I didn't know about you guys uh, uh, too much anyway. A uh, buddy of mine, uh, fellow creator, Ghost Tactical, uh, Chris yeah. from the 740, who's out there uh, yeah. in the uh, in the side chat. Um, you know, I wasn't familiar with you guys. And then mm-hmm. I did on the Amazon side of things, which uh, you said you guys are big with. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa, okay, who's this Monstrum Tactical? And we'll get into it. You guys have some unique products, too. That are yeah. kind of, uh-huh. And um, so it kind of it kind of snowballed from there. And then in mentioning, and especially with you guys, thank you, by the way, for uh, for powering, helping out with the podcast this season. But no, no worries. With that, of course, and the, and the name and the branding there on the mm-hmm. screen. I've had a couple of people, a few people that go, oh, man, I had, you know, years ago, I had some horrible luck mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with, with Mossroom Tactical. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they really didn't give any more information, which is sad, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I like, yeah. when I hear that, I like to have a conversation, like, well, what went wrong? What was the problems? Mm-hmm. What, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and so I did have a conversation the other night with someone that has, uh, known about you guys, use your products for years, and said, "Yeah, they they've really come a long way. They they years ago they they did have some issues. Uh, they addressed them. They changed some things up. They're doing much better now, uh, as far as you know, materials and manufacturing process and all that. So you talk about pre-COVID and post-COVID and the, and the manufacturing and the uh, facilities. Is that something that I guess first of all?" Did you guys have some issues? You don't have to get deep off into the weeds with it. And were those rectified by the manufacturing processes that you updated recently? I believe that, uh, yeah, we rectified all of it. And especially when we talk about early Monstrum, um, a lot of the companies that come on to Amazon, but like 12 years ago, they Mm -hmm. weren't like exactly established, you know, like we came in and basically a lot of them were like uh, resellers, right? The, if you look at the, 3x the prism scopes that we have like back in the day mm-hmm. a lot of other like uh, companies also carried that model too because uh, they were just resellers and they just basically branded their items on there and right. then over the years we uh, basically refined with our suppliers and uh, we hired our own en- engineers and we really got dug deep into like the whole world of optics and like you know how technical it is just have like coatings and stuff like that mm-hmm. like the more the more it is the more it costs but the more light transmission and there's a trade-off between all these aspects to it and right. uh I guess what I'm trying to say is the old Monstrum is not the same as the new Monstrum because, you know, we're so much bigger now and we have our own, like, uh, manufacturing facilities now, too. Right. Well, you know, yeah. like I said, unfortunately, I wasn't able to, uh, you know, I, I never had any experience with the older ones. I'm hoping yeah. 
I go to a lot of gun shows. I see a lot uh, of stuff in pawn shops and the, you know, used stuff in the local gun shops. One of these days, maybe I'll run across an old oh. <laughs> Mossroom optic and I yeah. get my hands on one just to compare uh, the newer stuff for myself, right. To the older stuff. But yeah, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, that was sort of what I thought as I, as I kind of heard those, those murmurs and that those things mm-hmm. going on. And again, I don't want to make it sound like it was a huge deal. It was just a few oh, people that, that voiced those yeah. concerns, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought, you know, you hear that with every company. There's always growing pains, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know any company that's that's came out of the gate and just crushed it 100% since day one. Yeah. Um, and it's good that you guys have a mix, right, of the, you're talking about the engineers and then the business mm-hmm. side of things, too. Yeah, because exactly. That, that allows you to <laughs> adapt to those situations, I think. For sure. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, we have some more unique offerings now, and that's thanks to our engineers and our creative team, you know, that, uh, Go out there and right. research and we're trying to go for a, a sector where it's like oh like uh like i guess a refreshing take on uh, rifle scopes while trying to lower the cost as much as possible too mm-hmm. right yeah. right uh and like you said that's an interesting uh an interesting little dance but you know i would agree my experience so far with uh with in particular the the banshee line mm-hmm. uh is that i mean for that msrp for that retail price yeah. uh and I played around with uh, quite a few LPBOs. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing high end. I'm not an optic snob, right? Yeah. So, uh-huh. um, don't get me wrong. I mean, the 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 high dollar name brands, everybody out there, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, they're good. They should be mm-hmm. for that kind of money, yeah. right? <laughs> uh-huh. But you're paying like at least like five times more, and at that point, there's a lot of things you could do with that money, you know, and. Yeah, well, we we offer a lifetime warranty now, just like every other company out there, and we have a okay. uh, we have a good customer service team too. So I believe that uh, we're just as competitive with them, you know, without the price tag. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, Chris from the seven four zero out there. We'll throw this up for a second. He says, uh, "I went to a thousand yard range with the G three ten to forty by fifty six. Uh-huh. Says, and it's an amazing scope for shooting at that distance." Um. So let me ask you, uh, you've got obviously the, 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 uh, G threes, like, and I'm not familiar with those just yet. The traditional yeah. style scopes anyway, um, the sights and the LPVOs is what I've been uh, predominantly playing around. Oh, and the rings and the mounts, which we'll get into those are absolutely freaking phenomenal for the money. Um, but, um, you know, when you guys first hit the market, you said that was it primarily like the prisms, the red dots, those types of things, or was it the magnified optics that kind of started it all? Um, it was the prisms, the red okay. dots, and uh, just a bunch of rails and uh, like uh, mounts and stuff like that. Yeah. The accessories and things, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. Um, now the um, what was what came next? Did the LPVOs come next, or did the I would assume probably the traditional scopes came next, I think the right? traditional the more traditional longer range scopes for hunting um the FFPs and then the SFPs came in uh-huh. um and basically that's eventually a couple years later right near covid that's when we started getting heavily into LPVOs and uh right yeah well, what's interesting what's interesting about the LPVOs is I've got multiple LPVOs uh that when i bought them were not called lpbos yeah they, um, i think that was recently coined you know like online yeah right. like it wasn't right. yeah it was a very right. normal thing for us too yeah you know the one you know they were low power low power mm-hmm. optics is what you always yeah. call them and they were you know uh-huh. typically one to four i think is the ones i've got are all one to four by like 28 or one to four by mm-hmm. 24 
Um, and they just called them low power optics back in the, yeah. the what nineties, <laughs> you know, late nineties, early two thousands or something. And so it was really interesting to see over the last few years, the LPVO is becoming real popular. There's folks out there that think it's a new thing, like yeah. oh, LPVOs are this new. No, they're not. They've been around forever. No, yeah, we we were making those too, and we're like, oh, I was. I remember sitting at a meeting. I was like, oh, they're people are using the word LPVO now. We should just put LPVO into everything. We <laughs> right. and it, it turned out it was a big like you know like uh everyone's using that terminology now you know and they're getting into like it was it M medium power variable optics now mpvos and stuff so it's just uh i think full circle of trends you know? right yeah mm -hmm. yeah and if nothing else you've got to you've got to play that game from uh, again from like the business standpoint and then you've got to play that for seo right and, and competitiveness yeah. like exactly. if other brands are calling theirs by a certain thing you've got to start calling yours by that or you're going to get left out of the mix <laughs> exactly yeah now have you seen um with you know speaking of 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 the uh, of the COVID and the lockdowns and just all the crazy that went on, um, and knowing that the manufacturing you know is is done there overseas, uh, I know there was a lot of problems in the firearm industry with raw materials and being able to get raw materials into the country and stuff like that. Um, what was that like for you guys during that during that time? Was it tough? Um, it was pretty crazy. Uh, our our suppliers were squeezing us to uh, increase the prices on uh, whatever the contracts were. Um, at the same time, I think you remember that uh, container prices were at all-time highs, right? Like oh, yeah. a single container would cost like fifty thousand, sixty thousand um, dollars. But at least we we're very fortunate that we we have the whole container and we pack everything very tightly, so it divided mm -hmm. up against the the products pretty well. Especially when you have, consider mounts, like you know how much mounts you could send in one container. You know, um, mm -hmm. we're very fortunate. Unlike other like sectors, like I guess furniture and stuff like that, you can imagine how hard they would be hit. You know, like. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. And uh did y'all go through any redesign because of that? Did you you guys go through any redesigns on the packaging itself? Mm, yeah, we did go through a redesign for packaging, but that was mm -hmm. mainly to try to push into uh brick and mortar stores and we were oh, okay. like going into mom and pop shops. So they were they're more refined after a certain amount of period. I think it was right before COVID that, that transition right. happened. Yeah, because the yeah. the uh the LPVOs, the Banshees, anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, the packaging for those that, that have not gotten one and, and don't know what I'm talking about, the packaging is phenomenal. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you yeah, guys, uh, you, I'm sure you get it in bulk. I'm sure you get a good deal. I'm sure it doesn't mm -hmm. affect the bottom line or the price that yeah. much. It's packaging, <laughs> yeah. but you look at it and you go, "Wow!" Like it's mm -hmm. a it's a wrapper with all the specs and the you know the the uh, schematic and then wrapped around a really nice box, yeah. you know. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, if you if you get one of these banshees, uh, and maybe you end up selling that rifle or trading that mm -hmm. rifle to its own, or you know maybe you you upgrade to a different power banshee, but you're like, well, I'm going to keep that one around, you know. Yeah. Um, you know that's a box that would last a long time when you put your your old optic in there and put it on a shelf. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, that could be all thanks to our uh, our lead designer, Rich. Uh, he's he produced he produces all the packaging and his, and the manuals and stuff like that. And uh, he also designs most of our products as well. And he looks over all the files right before they're being sent to be mass produced. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and just like the just like the Banshee. Well, it's not it's not the Banshee, the Prism and the in the Ghost and all the other stuff. 
great packaging. Now, the, the mounts in the rings, not so much. <laughs> but that's sort of understandable because yeah. there's a lot less margin in those, right, mm-hmm. to, yeah, to exactly. sustain the, the packaging. Uh-huh. And people are going to throw those away. You know, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a hunk of metal, you know, so I think it'll survive uh, Amazon yeah. packaging or, like, a little bit of shipment, you know, like from post, post office. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sidebar a bit of a rant about Amazon packaging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The most horrible packaging, shipping, and I get it, they're the largest in the world or whatever. I understand it. But literally today, we got a package in, and the box was, I'm not exaggerating, uh, I'll I'll tell for the audio world, probably two foot long by at least a foot tall and a foot wide or something like that. Pretty good sized box. Would that be about two cubic feet? Uh, And the product that was inside of this, it had some paper packing material stuff in there, not much, but the product that was the one product that was inside there was in a box that I kid you not, if it was two inches square, that was probably a half inch square too much. <laughs> I'm thinking, who in the world of Amazon like put this little bitty thing in a big huge yeah. box? Like I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so that could get, uh, you know, that could get to get crazy. And, uh, it's, it's good to see that you guys are, are paying attention to, you know, to that type of thing for sure. Um, with the, um, let's talk a little bit about the, um, this, the mounts and the rings and that sort of stuff. And, and the reason I say is that's where some of the cool stuff that you guys have lies. Uh, but I was talking with somebody the, uh, the other night and, and they, I mentioned Monstrum. Uh, and I think it was in the context of maybe they were looking for an LPVO or maybe they were looking for a red dot or something or a prism. I think maybe been what it was. Uh, I don't remember now, but anyway, and they're like, Oh yeah. And like, I used their rings and they used y'all's rings on a, again, I'm not going to tell the brand, but on a very high dollar optic. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, these are like $20 rings, you know, that they're mm-hmm. using on a, you know, $800 or something optic. Uh, and they're like, I love them. Like they're built, they're solid as a rock. Um, you know, and you guys, you know, we've had that conversation too, with the amount of rings and mounts and other things, uh, that you guys have and you guys sell. So is there anything special about the, uh, metal? Because they just feel, they feels more solid and more heavy duty than a lot of even the big brand stuff that is out there so what's what's going on with the uh manufacturing the the metals and stuff with the mounts yeah um so recently we made a transition from just regular six zero six zero six one aircraft grade aluminum over to uh we heat treat them a little longer so in that process um they do get stronger if you use um i forgot what the term for that tool where you like a strength testing where you scratch the metals and stuff like that but uh they do uh, rental, show, they do rental show, hardness exactly maybe? rental hardness tester yeah. or something like that yeah yeah but um they do show like less of a deeper like indentation when you scratch into it and uh that's mostly for our uh right now it's for our razor claw which is our newest uh, scope mount line and mm-hmm. uh i believe some of our rings are affected by uh, are like that too and uh our pro series and a lot of our new scope mounts and rings also feature a uh, 7075 aluminum which is like a level is harder than 6061 you know and right. uh i think that really 
brings it into a really competitive field because um, if you look at our uh, competitors, like I won't name any names either, but you're looking at those rings at a price tag of like, I want to say upwards to almost a hundred dollars. And oh, yeah. that's for scope rings. We think that's a little too much, you know? Like, so we right. always try to uh, right. make it much more competitive. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't have $100 scope rings. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but the $100 scope rings I have are typically on some pretty big rifles, right? 300 Win Mag, for example, yeah. 300 Weatherby Mag, 50 BMG, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, that's why with that, it's like, okay, we're really pushing the envelope on this. But, you know, for most people out there, um, you know, I, I just see that probably the vast majority of folks that run, I think, the Mostrum stuff, uh, when we're talking about rings and mounts and things like that, are probably using, you know, AR platform stuff. Mm-hmm. They're probably running yeah. 556 or 300 Blackout or maybe 308 or 65 Creedmoor. Um, and, you know, I just don't see the reason to spend just a huge, uh, you know, a huge amount of money on your exactly. on your rings and stuff for that those particular types of rifles, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Especially well, when it comes maybe. to an AR build. Yeah. It gets so yeah. creative. You could really spend that eighty dollars somewhere else and really yeah. add that on the rifle right. itself, you know? Like Right. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, could it make a difference? Right? Uh as as Chris from the seven four zero had said out there in the chat, he took his G three out, you know, to a thousand yards. Yeah, if you're shooting competition, if you're going out to a thousand yards, if you're doing crazy things like that, then you know, spending a little more might make a difference. It might, yeah. right? Uh, but for the the average everyday person, not necessarily, yeah. right? Um, now, uh, Slav out there, Slav Guns, says, yes, yeah, says the new rings are fantastic. Says extremely tough to beat for the money. And Slav is who uh, I was referring to when I was yeah. talking. <laughs> Let's talk about So Slav is definitely a fan. Uh, Slav says is the new U.S. manufacturing facility now up and running. So is there uh, anything you can talk about with that? Yeah, just to update our, the audience with some context, you know, um, mm-hmm. around the same time as COVID, um, we bought a couple of uh, CNC machines in our warehouse. Oh, um, nice. The end goal is to be able to manufacture those uh, smaller items like uh, mounts and rings as well, as well as like, you know, run small batch productions of some really unique stuff that our design team was designing. Right. Um, one of it, a really cool one was like, uh, I guess, a loop handle for like uh, shotguns like Mossbergs and stuff like that where it's fully made out of aluminum and you could rack it really well. And it's extremely comedically wow. large. So it looks like very futuristic, you know, I want to say wow. like around yeah. like, yeah, it's a heavy hunk of metal is what I'm saying. And yeah. uh, it makes yeah. it really fun to look at and uh, it's good marketing content as well, you know, material. Um, so right now our lead designer is in Michigan. Um, we are, we are, there are difficulties right now. So I think I'm not sure where an end date would be, but uh, right it's super affordable to find uh like you know someone who's like knowledgeable with the cnc because he has knowledge in it too but we need a staff as well so uh we are moving our machines over there and uh we'll see how that goes huh i can't give you guys an end date yet or uh, an estimated date though yeah you know still still in progress right (laughs) yeah uh, exactly that's a that's a trade secret chris says he could tell you but he'd have to kill you that's what he's telling (laughs) you just so so you guys know um but no that would be neat uh to have um to be able to do small batch and just test the water on just some completely mm-hmm. off the wall weird things i like that idea yeah. of, the, uh-huh. of, the, of the weird you know shotgun rack or heck you could get yeah. into some type of stocks or weird mounts or mm-hmm. uh you know heat shielding type things just all types of accessories exactly and you never know i mean i mean folks like um 
especially, you know, the gun folks out there, uh, they like different stuff and just, oh man, that's neat. I got to have that on my shotgun or my handgun or my rifle, you know, just because they exactly. like the way it looks, they think uh, it looks cool. Looking cool yeah. is a big part <laughs> of your, uh, of your, of your firearms. If they don't look cool, then they're not any fun. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> but that, that could be neat. Um, could also maybe even get into like some weird levers for like lever actions and stuff too. Now that I'm yeah, thinking right. about it, that could be kind of, that could be kind of interesting. Right. Um, yeah. but speaking of, uh, of those products and the small batch runs and, and the unique stuff. So I was, um, I'm a member of, uh, of, uh, of Amazon, Amazon vine program. Mm-hmm. And so for those that are unaware of what that is, uh, you know, you get invited. It's an invite only thing, but you get invited and uh, you can pick up for it's there's taxable liability. Let's just say that you don't get stuff for free, um, but you can pick up things that companies submit to the, the Amazon Vine program. And there's been a few Monstrum things that have come across that I've picked up that I haven't gotten from you, Chris. I've, I've picked up mm-hmm. off Vine. Just because I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. What is this? Uh, and that's the adjustable cantilever mount and the adjustable scope rings. Like, mm. maybe those have been out in the wild and before. Um, but until I've seen the ones from you guys, I've never seen those before. So uh, those are cool. Tell us. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of that? course. Uh, uh, the reason why I didn't... Uh... Uh, like send them your way yet is because they're very new everything ah, that goes okay. out of the fine program is basically uh it has to be <laughs> like listed on amazon within the last 60 days or something like that for it to qualify oh, for the fine gotcha. program okay yeah, exactly Good to know. yeah and yeah. uh and uh well, it's, it's, very hey, it saves you shipping right there you go yeah exactly <laughs> it's, uh, no it doesn't it costs us money too actually well it's <laughs> yeah. true probably costs yeah. more no an yeah, a little more yeah. a little more yeah, yeah. Uh, amazon always takes a cut from everything but uh <laughs> Basically, you're talking about the cantilever mount. That's uh, I think they call it the Balrog, uh, and uh, basically it lifts, it slides a little bit, right? And then it could like tilt a little bit to add into that. Uh, um, I guess I'm losing my words right now. Um, the MOA, like uh, when you're shooting long range, um, it's uh, it's very uh, it's very interesting. But uh, I'm not sure how uh, the manufacturing process started. But uh, we did have a rich measure, all those increments, because uh, I don't have one on me right now, so I can't really explain to you how the mechanism sure. works. But yeah. you've seen it before, right? Like, it's very interesting. You slide on top, and you lock it in place, and then uh, you'll basically have a custom, like, uh, MOA, like, uh, mount by itself. Yeah. And right. uh, I think it goes in increments of, like, 10 MOA, like, 20, 30, 40, up to, like, I guess, I think 50, right? I'm not sure. And right. then uh, with the rings itself, they're fully adjustable, but they tilt back and forth too. So what happens there is that um, in the market right now, there are rings that go just up and down. So mm-hmm. you could only adjust the center line, like a uh, height, but you right. can't adjust like the uh, the MOA. But this these rings will allow you to like uh, guesstimate your uh, MOA like uh, levels and stuff like that, which is pretty fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're, you know, you're talking like, you know, you want to go long range or something like mm-hmm. that. And then maybe you don't yeah. have a you know, an elevated rail, maybe you don't have a 20, 30, you know, MOA rail, but you want to yeah. go on range, um, you know, tweak that out on the fly and, and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And you know what, what 
what I found out that was really cool, and of course that speaks, you talked about the, the type of aluminum that you guys uh, use now and all that stuff. I'm assuming they're built out of the same aluminum because they're just as solid and heavy duty uh, as the other rings, right? Yeah, I think it's a 6061 uh, with a heat treatment on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're really solid. Um, and then the uh, one of the other cool things, since we're talking about mounts, since we're talking about rings, is that... Um, the scope leveling tool. Which um, one are you referring to? The the ones with like the the one that has the metal. wedges. That oh, the wedges, you, yeah. Uh-huh. You like wedge in under. Mm-hmm. That's so neat. Like the, yeah. you don't have to look at bubbles and like yeah, right. If it's it level, squares it to the rifle. Exactly. Basically, is mm-hmm. what it does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's very uh, easy to uh, like use and uh, very intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, that's another thing. Kind of like the scope rings, uh, the adjustable scope rings, that when I seen it, I was like, wow, this is neat. I, like, I've never seen everything I've seen. Uh, either you get two little magnetic pieces that you got to balance just right, mm-hmm. place just right. You got to line up the yeah. bubbles, and the bubbles aren't yeah. precise or exact. I do not like the bubbles. <laughs> or, uh, you know, or you've got the one that has the clamp to the barrel, and then you have to level the firearm through that, and then you have to match the oh my god with the bubbles because yeah. you've got you've got play in those bubbles. And what's exactly, cool about yeah, what's cool about y'all system is I guess technically you're not leveling the scope, you're truing the scope or squaring the scope to, to the firearm. rifle itself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but man, it's just so quick and easy, and mm-hmm. yeah, know, it. it takes a lot of the pressure especially especially in a world where have we have so many new firearm owners coming in right yeah. um i can't tell you the number of times i've been in my local gun shop and um uh been in there and they'll be busy or something and they're like hey can you you know can you go in the back can you you willing to help us out i'm like yeah sure so i'll go back in there and, and help them with a little bit of light gunsmithing work or something and inevitably like half of those jobs are oh install this scope right yeah it's like it's like holy crap like people pay to have a scope installed that blows my Mm -hmm. mind and with that particular um with that particular setup that you guys have um i mean even a beginner even somebody that is like literally their first firearm their first set of rings their first Mm -hmm. scope their first rail right yeah can figure that out and use it it's so simple yeah it's a we even our whole workflow is dedicated to having uh, our customers understand the installation process. Because like you said, it's for us, it's really easy to install a scope. But for a first time person, you know, they don't understand like uh, the torquing sequence and stuff like that. It gets a little right. technical. It's not hard, you know, but like if you worked on a tire, you know exactly what I'm talking about, you know, like the star pattern, you know. But uh-huh. uh, yeah. so what we did is basically every time a customer orders something from our website, they get an email and it gets through a series of steps where it shows them all the steps to how to install the scope rings and stuff like that. And it nice. tells them how to level everything and they don't even have to use our product. You know, like it's just wow. all about getting people into the, you know, this uh, hunting world and uh, optics and, you know. It's a really like a uh, interesting field that we're in, you know. So. Yeah, and that's really neat that you guys do that. I mean, I haven't experienced that, uh, but that's cool. I, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think if I've ever ordered anything from a company that very rarely that I've gotten instructions to go with it. Usually, yeah. whatever instructions are in the box, and a lot mm-hmm. of times those suck. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's usually all that comes with it, you know. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, we, we talk about the scopes. We talk about the, the mounts. Um, now, one thing that, uh, you know, I want to move in and talk a little bit about the, I think, the, the Banshees and the other LPVOs and the other the other optics. Uh, as we move along here, we definitely got to get all that stuff worked in. But um, with the with the Banshees, I will say one thing that I did not expect uh, when I got into the box on those. Uh, those come with a mount. Yeah. Fully loaded with the mount and flip-up lens covers too. Yes, that is true. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Full disclosure: flip-up uh, lens covers. They they uh, got yanked off and thrown in a box somewhere. I don't even yeah. know where. Right here somewhere. Uh, uh, but uh, but I was not expecting that. Like, oh my god, you were talking about a good a good optic for the money already, and then you're gonna throw a freaking mount in there with it, right? Like, wow. This is this is awesome. Like talk about turnkey, and then you guys, of course, have the batteries uh, for the lighted reticles. Oh my God, we got to get into the lighted reticles. Some of the coolest lighted reticles I've seen there in LPVO. Uh, and then you know all of the the wrenches and the other things that you need, you know, for the install. Like literally, we were talking about the packaging earlier on the on the Banshee stuff, and you guys have thought of everything to put in the box. Quite Our literally. goal is just. You buy an optic and you're ready to go. You know, like we have everything in the box you need, all the instructions, even like emails to support you. You know, and our customer yeah. service team is ready to you know answer all the questions. Right. And we're just here to make sure you get started properly. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Slob out there is giving me giving me fizz. He says boop. He says flip up caps are awesome. <laughs> so I just turn them to the side, flip it out to the side. So if you're trekking yeah. through the woods and hanging them on briars and they <laughs> yanks the yanks the thing off and just just no, just no. Um, what do we got here, Chris from the seven four zero out there? Uh, it's saying the tracer flashlight and the Raider foregrips are awesome and much different. Uh, then optics, we'll be seeing more of uh, this in the future. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I haven't got a chance to uh, to play around with any of those just yet, mm. but we'll get we'll get to those. Um, yeah. Getting back to the to the Banshee now, as far as LPVOs, you guys have two different models of those. Uh, two different models of the SFPs: uh, the Spectre and the Banshee. Okay, uh, the, Spectre, the Banshee. Right. Yeah, the Banshee being our more uh, price competitive line, and the Spectre being. Uh, just a little higher end. Okay. And, and the difference mainly with the Spectre is uh, the locking, uh, like a push and pull uh, locking turrets. Locking turrets. convenient. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But yep. the mechanism gotcha. itself costs a little more, you know? So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally understood. Oh, I forgot uh, to mention, too. Uh, the, the Spectre is also the most compact, uh, like, LPVO on the market, actually. That's the second, like, really? uh, feature that it features. Yeah. Uh, if you want something super compact, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you a Spectre so you can measure side by side too. You know, like uh, it's pretty interesting to look at. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. I don't know if I've yeah. got enough. Ri- I don't, you send too much. I don't know if I have enough rifles to put it all on. <laughs> uh-huh. We could always we could always give some away. I guess yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's definitely something we can do. Is anybody out there? Anybody out there in the market for a Mostrum optic that would like to win one? Uh, that's what that's what we want to know. Uh, yeah, I was curious with the spec. I couldn't remember what it was. The, yeah, the Spectre, and that was what I was wondering was what was the the main differences. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. big difference. About what's yeah. the price price difference MSRP or retail between the two? It's not extreme, uh, is it? I haven't looked. The price is not extreme. I think it's like a, I think it's like thirty to fifty dollar price difference. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what I, <laughs> it seems like from from when I was yeah. when I was looking. Um, and then you know the uh, the regular scope line. What do you guys have uh, as far as the models in that regular scope line? Mm. 
um regular as in just like uh tell like what do you mean like regular yeah like the conventional just your conventional oh, okay. scope. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um right now for our sfps we have a series called the guardian which starts from like a three to nine all the way up to a six by 18 sfp um they're super affordable like the six to 18 you're looking at like i want to say under 120 dollars Wow. And it comes it comes with rings as well. It comes with flip lens covers. It comes with uh, adjustable AO, like the like the front uh, front bell AO type style yep. uh, parallax adjustment. Yeah, so it's a really clean, uh, sharp image that you're looking through there. And then uh, for our FFP, uh, the G3 right now is currently our primary lineup. Um, I know Chris earlier from the 704 was mentioning our G3 10 to 40. Um, we just received some that have a zero stop, and that's going to be our next evolution. Is the G4 for our, G, our first focal plane lineup. And uh, I'll give you guys a, like a little like a insight. I've been playing with the zero stop mechanism on there. And uh-huh. uh, with the tr- with a lot of other companies, um, uh, the zero stop, they have uh, like three or four points where they, you have to unlock to before you can adjust the zero stop and lock it in place. But ours is just gonna be a single like a uh, bolt and it's gonna be very easy and I think uh, time efficient to uh, uh, adjust the zero stop on these. And they're super reliable so far. I've played with it for uh, like about two weeks now and i don't see any fault with them um but that's what you'll be seeing in the generation four first focal plane optics from monstrum now on the on those conventional uh first focal and second focal plane uh what type of reticle options do you guys have available in those uh currently there's two um for our like lpvos all the way up to i think not just lpvos anything that starts with a one uh power uh, we'll feature our X1 MOA, which is the one you see right now. And yeah. with the exception of our 1 to 6 G3 uh, first focal plane, that one has a Type C reticle, which has like a, it's like circle with dots uh, in between okay. for the measurements, for MOA measurements. And then uh, with the higher power ones, you have like a, a traditional, more traditional MOA like a reticle, which is like a Christmas tree type reticle. But right. we're trying to get into uh, more of those Christmas tree types, but those, you know, as they're, they're like based by calibers, you know, so it gets very technical very quickly. And yeah. uh, we want it to be as general to the to our audience as possible because uh, it gets yeah. very tricky with that, you know. And it, and especially if you're playing in the, and you guys definitely are, if you're playing in that budget value for the money mm-hmm. yeah. area, right, and market, yeah. um, you, you get too fancy with it and you get a lot fancier than the folks that are probably buying them can handle um i don't care for the christmas tree stuff now again yeah. if i was if i was doing something i can see it totally being being beneficial in a lot of different ways for a lot of different things don't get me wrong um but i've just never been a fan of course i've been around firearms a very long time and yeah. you know the 3030 duplex for example was yeah. revolutionary you know for me mm-hmm. Um, you know, center, center to wide post is, you know, uh, 30 inches and a hundred yards. And you're like, wow, that's, that's insane. Uh, and now with all the different reticle designs, but uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the, the reticle in the Banshees, because that is one thing that, that I like. And, um, you know, those are lighted as well for those out there that, uh, that are watching, that are listening, that were curious and, um, man, they just like, I prefer the green, but, mm-hmm. uh, Man, they just light up so so well, and everything is just so crisp with them. Um, you guys really did a good job on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, as far as the manufacturing process, 
does that affect you talked about obviously the turrets and the lock stop turrets and all that kind of stuff and that's obviously going to affect price when you start talking about you know reticles and changing up reticles and etching um as far as manufacturing is it is it exorbitant is it kind of crazy to get that rolling as cost wise or is it just a matter of of uh getting the design that you want down um we do have a bunch of designs in play but then uh, i think it is the cost factor that goes into it too because uh like there's only like three lens producers in this world uh and uh to order a large amount and then you have to etch it and then uh, basically we do all the in-house like polishing and uh coatings too but uh to get a different like pattern on there especially if we're not sure how much the demand is you know it's going to be very difficult um, I think our new our new patterns that are coming in is going to be focused on the five five six and two two three since most of our audience uses like AR based platforms anyways you know so right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else do we uh, oh we were talking about I know Christmas seven four zero out there was talking about the flashlights tracer yeah uh, and then the Raider four grips mm-hmm. uh, and that may have been one of the first things that I've seen from you guys that was i was like wow those are those are awesome so let's talk about let's talk yeah. about those a little bit uh the one that i seen was a flashlight i'm going to give you the description here and then you can tell me which one it that one was and we'll uh we'll kind of go from there before we do link out there says are all the scopes moa yeah they are all moa at the moment okay awesome um so this was a flashlight and it had a how do I describe this? First of all, it was uh, M-Lock, very low profile, uh, has a little cutout area in it, but it's almost like a wedge design, really low profile. Which one is that? Somebody out there in the chat, Chris from the 740 might be able to help me. Help I think me it's like a out. really small flashlight, right? And uh, the mount was mm-hmm. built into the flashlight, and it's like a almost like a, I think it's like 90 lumens or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's M lock. So yeah, the the rail is not Uh, really, I think, uh, that's called our ML 50. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a very compact, uh, flashlight that we offered a while ago. Um, it's one of our best sellers too on online as well. Uh, it's uses a, I think a CR one, two, three, has a pressure comes with a pressure switch comes with a button switch um right right i think uh the tube design is you can switch it back and forth or left or right you know like uh, it makes it very fun to play with and yeah. very compact and for the price you know like it's a great beginner like a uh, flashlight yeah um now the ones that i'm talking about are the raider yeah the, oh, raider, the raider oh okay <laughs> the raider uh x1 and the raider x2 the x uh, the X2 is the low profile. The X1 is the one that has kind of the so wedge. The angled grip, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, those are right. fun. Yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. very fun. They're uh, they're solid hunks of aluminum, first of all. Yeah. So the and the batteries are built into it, so it feels very hefty when you're holding it. Like the X1, the angled four grip one, it feels almost like almost like a pound, but it's not a pound, you know. But yeah, it's right. very interesting. Um, Two thousand yeah. lumens on both of them, and uh, they can be recharged via USB C uh thank you for that by the way yeah Uh my gosh the people that still are the companies that are still using like micro usb nowadays yeah like quit people just quit you're killing me all our products are using usb-c now so that's pretty interesting um we have some new uh 
on an unrelated topic, uh, some of our newest flashlights coming in, uh, some of them are called, uh, the, the, the one I was playing with today is called the Ember. And uh, it's very compact. It's about, I want to say, like four inches long. Um, and it comes with a dedicated Picatinny or M-Lock mount. And oh, nice. uh, the pressure switch plugs right into the, uh, the charging, uh, the USB-C charging port. And uh, you could do controls from there too, on, off, uh, like strobes as well just from the pressure switch. So that's pretty cool. And it comes with uh, like yeah, cable guides, um, the pressure switch holders and stuff like that, but it's not available anywhere yet. I think you'll see it starting to populate like the internet by like next week or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, uh, yeah, heard it here first. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The Raider, what I found out that was really cool about the, uh, the Raider was impressive. Just looking at it. I haven't played with one uh, is I was looking for something I'd got in. Uh, now we're going to talk about those them here in a minute, but I'd got in the Anderson uh, AM9, the little nine millimeter uh, PCC, and I was like, man, you know, really, you know, it'd be nice to have a light on this thing. Um, and I haven't done anything with it yet, but I was like, yeah. And so anyway, I went looking around, and the there are some other options out there for you know M lock direct M lock mounted you know lighting systems or whatever. Uh, but they all look like absolute garbage compared to the Raider. Like the Raiders are just, they're smooth, they're yeah. sleek, they're just sexy looking. And the yeah. the other ones are all big and blocky and clunky looking, and yeah. it's just weird. So um, that kind of speaks to the design. I, you know, the, kind of at the top of the podcast here, you talked about y'all's, you know, engineer the design guy or whatever. Yeah. It kind of speaks to the thought, I think, that goes into you know, these things, you know, we got to pay attention to the uh, cost of our products, but then we also got to pay attention to the quality of the products, but then we also mm-hmm. got to make sure that they look good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move over here. I know that Slav had uh, something. Oh, this is uh, profound from Slav out there. He says, what's the long-term goal for Mostrum? Is it to remain in the value space, or is the goal to move uh, up market to compete with the big, dominant U.S. companies? Mm-hmm. Good one. I think that uh, there's long-term-wise, uh, Mostrum is trying to push upwards, but not much higher. We're always going to remain in the value space. I think we've right. established ourselves as a brand of reliability and value to be there. Um, and we have the manufacturing facilities now to actually push it, you know, and, uh, we're going to stay here. We're going to try to punch above our weight class is what we're trying to do, but we won't ever like try to, uh, increase our prices to a point where it seems like, uh, we've, uh, moved into a different territory, you know? Right. And that could be dangerous for companies if they, if they do that, right. It's, it's the old adage of you dance with the one that brought you. Right. And so, you know, if that, um, your budget value, whatever you want to call it. I hate using the word cheap because yeah. <laughs> the monster stuff I have and I've experienced here, there's nothing cheap about it. Um, but it is a good value for the money. I would consider it budget, right? Um, and it, you know, if you if you upscale, you know, and you end up losing, you know, moving away from that market, that's you know, I hate to say it, but that's the bigger market. <laughs> Like, yeah. so are you going to make it up with, with higher dollar optics, right? Fancy your yeah. higher dollar optics uh-huh. are your margins. Are you going to be able to make that, that difference up? Right. It's, it's yeah. a gamble. I think that a lot of companies take 
And unfortunately for some, it doesn't work out. Yeah. And if you look at uh, a lot of these companies uh, that are like, I guess you would call mid to high end tier, um, they, they are huge companies. They mm -hmm. have huge marketing budgets. You see their booths at SHOT Show and they're just massive. And they have the sales rep to like, you know, call everyone and like push their products everywhere, you know? And, well, that just uh, means you need to work harder, man. That's all that, yeah, that's all exactly. that means. Less sleep, yeah. less sleep, Chris, more yeah. time on the phone. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're just trying to punch above our weight class and like just to prove that, you know, our optics is very high quality. The glass itself is a very high quality glass and that uh, you can save that money on training or like doing something actually with value with that money instead of... Uh, Ammo, yeah. right? Exactly. Right. Ammo, ammo costs yeah. is very high these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's switch gears. We're gonna we're gonna have a little uh, a little fun here uh, as we come up to the uh, to the top of the hour. If you have questions for Chris, if you're out there live, remember if you're in replay, you can drop those down below. But if you are live and you got questions for Chris, thanks for all the questions and comments and everything so far. Throw them out there. We'll get to them before we uh, before we get off uh, air today. I'm going to find my stuff that I need. I'm going to bring up our uh, on-the-spot segment here from Anderson Manufacturing. Talked about the AM9 uh, PCC a little bit earlier, and I love that thing. As a matter of fact, it's right. Where is it at? It's right here. It's where it's at. Um, and I've got the Kiger, and I can't hold the Kiger, but it's actually right there. I can point to it, YouTube. I can point to it. Um, <laughs> And uh, really loving it. Got uh, got some new optics coming for it. Hopefully, I'm guessing probably this next week. But really been enjoying the stuff from Anderson, and 100% looking forward to the the bolt action uh, releases that will hopefully be out soon. I'm I'm hoping. I don't know that there's necessarily a delay on those, but uh, uh, the time it's taken for them to get those to market. Uh, hopefully. It's time they're spending tweaking and fine-tuning, and they're going to be really awesome uh, when they get here. So uh, shout-out, of course, and thanks to uh, Anderson Manufacturing. So we're just going to have a little fun here uh, real quick, Chris. I just got some some random questions for you. We're going to put you on the spot with them. Uh, nothing major, but we'll start out with some bursts. Uh, what was your, and you can, you can caveat these questions or your answers, rather. You can caveat your answers with, whatever caveats you want to put in there. But uh, what was your first firearm? My first firearm was actually, uh, uh, I, I built a, a AR-15. It was an AR-15 platform. Oh, um, I remember nice. getting the, the low receiver. It was like an 80% receiver. And uh, me and some oh, friends, wow. you know, we were very young. Yeah, we just wanted, I just wanted to have that process of building. You know, like uh, it felt like uh, I came from the car scene too. Like I really liked to tinker and stuff like that. So. Oh, you that know, the AR-15 yeah. setup was our uh, build was a perfect like way to get started into the gun world, and uh, like, and I was young too at the same time. I was, think I was around like eighteen uh, when oh, I first yeah. legally yeah. could like get a shot like a rifle during right. that time period, and then uh, yeah, I just wanted to assemble everything as budgeted as possible, and yeah, that's where I first started. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't. It was I a carbine don't... too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think yeah. if I know anybody who their first. Not only you know who their first firearm was even an AR-15, let alone one that they built from an eighty percent. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Now you said you were a, that you said you were a car guy. So this next one's right up your alley. Uh, what was your first vehicle? Oh, my first vehicle. Uh, it was a really old like Honda Civic, like 
beater. Oh, Pacific, you know, like yeah, one of those, you know, like, like what, what, yeah. what year? Roughly? It was like a, like a 98, I think. Oh, it was I got you one of those beat. years where it's not, oh really? You got me beat? <laughs> so, yours? so it wasn't, wasn't my first, my first uh-huh. vehicle was a 79 Toyota Celica. Uh-huh. Um, but my, I, I think it, oh, I wish I still had it. Yeah. Uh, or my second, uh, second or third was an 81 or two. I can't remember Honda Civic, uh-huh. <laughs> Honda Civic hatch, Honda Civic yeah. hatch. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was doo-doo Brown, which was not <laughs> fun, but that's uh-huh. what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you on the Civic been there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and actually, actually my oldest daughter, uh, mm-hmm. her first car, her first car was a Honda Civic, believe it or oh, not. Wow. I think, uh-huh. a, I think a 90. I think a 96 maybe is what oh, i'm wow. thinking uh-huh. yeah 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 so so i'm there i'm there with you i'm <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, gonna move into some favorites now uh what's your favorite cartridge favorite cartridge mm, i guess uh 308 um i think coming from a value company you know i feel like it's mm-hmm. at that point where uh it has enough power for, for some punch, but uh, it's not like, you know, anything crazy, you know, like we like, uh, yeah. we like something in a decent range, you know? Now, 308 over 65 Creedmoor, because I know 65 Creedmoor mm. has really invaded the 308 space over That's the last true. year. That's true. I guess I haven't played with those a lot. I have uh, other co workers who, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been around for a while. 308's been around for a while. Yeah. So I just, I just haven't played around. I don't mm-hmm. think the six five Creedmoor enough yet. One of these mm-hmm. days I'll probably have one. So, yeah. so I'll feel you on that, man. We got <laughs> our names. We got names in common. We got <laughs> Civics in common. Honda yeah. Civics in common, and we've got <laughs> uh, uh, now we've got uh, cartridge in common. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, kicking kick it off. Let's let's jump onto the odd again. Uh, favorite band or musician, and it can even be currently your favorite that had to be your all-time uh let's see favorite or all-time currently i'm listening to some uh non-american music because i've been practicing another language oh wow um, what, are you, what yeah. are you practicing uh vietnamese because i think that that's my roots actually but oh, okay. uh, i i didn't i didn't i couldn't write or speak it very well a long time ago uh-huh. and then i just started like uh i had some extra time you know so i started learning it um right. it's uh uh, just a musician called like a uh, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, what what languages do you speak? Um, I speak uh primarily English, and secondary would be probably Vietnamese. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know you were talking about going overseas. Now, do the vast majority of those do you have translators when y'all do that, or uh, uh oh, yeah, when I was speak in, uh, it? Or? My uh, one of my colleagues speaks fluent Mandarin when we were okay. in the factories and stuff like that, and uh. Okay. We we also have a couple of like translators, and English is a very important language when it comes to business too. So they right. all most oh, yeah. people understand business, yeah, or oh, English. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you're talking money, it's all English. <laughs> yeah, <right>? exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. I understand. Um, favorite actor or actress? Hmm. Actor or actress? Let me see. I think. Uh, ooh, this is hard. Let me think. Let me search real quick. I haven't. Just give us the movie if you can't think of the name. That's fine. Uh, it's. I think it's a Wes Anderson film. I forgot. It's uh. It's the guy who plays the. Let me see. Wes. 
Yeah, he. I. I'm not sure actually. I I haven't watched a lot of movies recently. I've been so focused <laughs> on work too. So yeah, it's I been a while. So, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. What was you don't know the name of the movie? Uh, I think it's called uh, Grand Budapest. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That one escapes me yeah. too. That's <laughs> yeah. okay though. Um so favorite breakfast cereal. Are you are you even a breakfast person? Oh, I skip breakfast. I uh I go right for uh for whenever I come into work, uh usually I come in uh I will order lunch right away. I will eat uh-huh. lunch at like eleven thirty in the morning, I guess. I guess uh-huh. that's all time, right? Uh let's see, favorite item to eat, probably like steak or salmon salmon these days you know a little healthier on the heart <laughs> oh wow wow yeah. okay salmon he's going salmon over steak man yeah. come on <laughs> i had come on too. you lost me bro you <laughs> yeah. had you had me with the civic you had me with a 308 you just lost me with the yeah. salmon um favorite historical site or historical spot or historical location do you have any anything like that you think wow that's really enjoy that you know, I think the, the Lincoln Memorial was very humbling, you know, to see the magnitude of the the size of the structure itself, you know, and right. Like, and when it was itself, when know. it was built, especially yeah. and stuff, right? Wow. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. quite a sight to see if if some someone hasn't seen it before, you know. So, yeah. Well, and and DC in general is full of yeah, it's great all kinds yeah. of stuff. I've asked mm-hmm. that question to others on the podcast before. They yeah. just say DC because they're, they're oh. like. <laughs> They're like, we can't narrow it down. I mean, you know, Washington Memorial, <laughs> yeah, Jefferson, Lincoln, so there. Yeah. Smithsonian, you know, all the different mm-hmm. things. Like, so they're like, we can't choose, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they just pick, yeah. they just pick DC. So, uh, yeah, that's been, uh, that's been on the spot, uh, powered by, by Anderson manufacturing. So thanks for playing along, Chris, on that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, always no nice to just kind of, kind of kick back and, and have a little fun before we, uh, before we close things out. So, yeah. uh, speaking of closing things out, uh, I'm going to give you just a minute here. If you don't mind, um, you know, if people want to check out more from Mostrum, what's going on, what's coming down the line. They want to keep in touch, uh, social medias, the website, give us a rundown of, you know, where all they can find you guys and look at all the cool stuff. Yeah, they can find us on uh, Instagram where we're primarily most active. It's uh, Monstrum underscore tactical. And then uh, if they go on our website, they can sign up for our newsletter, which I personally operate. Uh, you get the newest arrivals there every Tuesday. And every Friday, we have something called Deal of the Week, where uh, unlike on Amazon, stuff like that, uh, you get like uh, steep discounts on products that you probably like were eyeballing, but didn't want, weren't sure if you want to pay for it yet. But now you got a discount. So why not? Right. right. And also go. for our yeah. new arrivals, uh, you also get a discount too whenever it's a new arrival item and everything has a 30 day money back guarantee like no questions asked you know so then uh right. you can try it out and see how you like it you know yeah awesome very good and uh you got the year warranty you got you know all that good lifetime stuff warranty yeah uh yeah. Uh, yeah why did i say year yeah the lifetime uh, <laughs> warranty. i think it, we only changed this transition like uh <sighs> like last year or something like that like a year and a half ago yeah yeah, yeah, it's been it's been recent. What was it before that? Before that, it was like a three year though, wasn't it, or something? It's three years for certain optics, and then one year for other things, uh, like, like the uh, electronic yeah. stuff is like exactly, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's understandable. Like when you have electron electronics, are not going to last forever, folks. Exactly. Quit, quit wanting lifetime warranty on electronics. Like it's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> uh, who would want to use a red dot from twenty twenty three? 
in 2040. Though. I mean, let, let's be yeah. honest, right? Because yeah. I know I would not want to use a red dot from 1988. Mm-hmm. So, like, at that point, does a lifetime warranty really matter? And yeah. My answer to that's no. <laughs> um, Chris, there's a 740 out there. He says, uh, this was awesome. So looking forward to seeing you again at SHOT, Chris. I can't uh, wait to see you again, Chris, too. And are you coming to SHOT Show this year? Chris oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we have yeah. a bigger booth yeah. this year. Uh, I got a interrupt my battery's gonna die at any moment so if I, we get cut off right now it's basically uh my computer died like we squeezed it all in so it's all good. yeah yeah exactly keep asking questions uh <laughs> if you have you know yeah yeah no, no we're we're good out there i was just gonna say thanks for jumping on for your first time on the podcast bro yeah two two thumbs up man you did great <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Chris, for having me on. Uh, now you got to make the yeah. uh, make the media circus in, uh, yeah. circus, I guess in some cases it is a circus, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and do and do a lot more. So now you yeah. now you're not only the media and the, all the other and the newsletter guy. Now you're going to be the yeah. hey, go on the podcast guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. So, but, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for uh-huh. thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, also again, thanks for for pairing the podcast this season. Uh, tell all the higher ups, all the bosses. Uh, that we absolutely appreciate it. So, yeah. Uh, thanks. Awesome. Uh, thanks again, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, that's the, that's definitely the way it's done. Um, and let's see, who do we got tomorrow? We've got No Handed Shooter going to be in the house tomorrow. Remember that if you are in uh, the replay world, comments down below. So if you got questions, you need to do stuff. I mean, jump down and and. Uh, yeah, let us know. Make it happen for everybody out there live, man. We had a pretty jumping house, a lot of questions. It was really, really freaking cool. Uh, again, I, I can't thank them enough. Monster Tactical for powering the podcast. If I can talk, and Anderson Manufacturing for the uh, on the spot. And uh, yeah, that's gonna do it uh, for this one. But we'll be back. I'm trying to remember, I think it's eight o'clock. Or maybe it's 9 o'clock Eastern. One of the two. Either way, it's scheduled on the channel if you want to join us live with no-handed shooter tomorrow. Uh, but regardless, in a day or two, it will be in the audio replay world. Uh, let me find my stuff, and uh, that's going to do it. Yeah, so until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. Bye. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Clovertack Podcast. 